Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Anyway, it's good, uh, good to see you. And uh, let's just open with prayer, can we? Lord, thank you tonight for your presence. Thank you for, again, our gathering together. Uh, uh, and we do not take it for granted. We don't take you for granted, and we don't take each other and our gathering together for granted. We praise you for your promised presence in our midst. We ask you to uh, work deeply in our hearts tonight. Open uh, the eyes of our understanding so that we can get a better insight into the nature of eternity. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Amen. Good to see you. Uh, we are starting part, uh, or we're, this is part one of a three-part series, and so we'll have two more weeks after this on a big subject, eternity. You can hardly get a bigger subject than eternity. And so I've subtitled it, Something to Look Forward to, and that is true for every believer in Jesus Christ. Not so much if you're uh, not born again. And so we're going to look at all the aspects of eternity. Well, several of the aspects of eternity. If we were looking at all the aspects of eternity, we would be here for eternity, forever. Yeah. So uh, there was a Sunday school teacher who was teaching her class one day, and so she Asked all the little kids, you know, how many of you want to go to heaven? You know, she's all excited. And everybody raised their hand except for this one little boy. And so she's concerned, you know. She looks at him and she goes, wow. And so she asks him, says, don't, don't you want to go to heaven? And he goes, no. And now she's really worried about this kid, you know. She's never had that reaction ever. And so she, she says, well, uh, what do you mean? And he goes, I don't like peas. And so she goes, what are you talking about? He says, well, the Christmas song says, sleep in the heavenly peas. <laughs> and I don't like peas. <laughs> she explained the way more perfectly to him. And then I think he was probably, I'll go to heaven as long as I don't have to eat peas. Right? <clears throat> so... Eternity, this is something that I've been given a lot uh, of thought about, and I think more in the last several years, really, I've been thinking more about eternity, and, and I don't know exactly why I've been thinking more about it. Maybe it's because I'm getting older. I'm not, I'm not the Ancient of Days by any means. Wow, you guys are not helping a guy out at all tonight. I got it. Tough crowd. Okay, so, but uh, I don't really think it's my age that has me thinking about eternity. What I do really believe is that eternity is a lot closer than most of us realize. And so, I remember when I was in my teens, I wasn't uh, born again, uh, and I, I, in those early teen years, I felt like I was just almost immortal. And that was the reason why me and my friends did a lot of the stupid stuff 
that we did is we just didn't think of consequences or dying or death or anything like that. But, you know, that was in my early teens in those years, and then I blinked, and now I'm 66. And so sometimes I look at, I was going to say, you know, I know that I don't look at, but you guys are a rough crowd, so I'm not even going to say that. Last response, I said, wow, he's only, he's only 66. I can just hear it. It'll look like 78. Or, but, you know, I look in the mirror sometimes. You know, a lot of you guys are like this, I'm sure. You you think of yourself in the younger version of you. And sometimes I actually look in the mirror at myself and go, wow, man, how did that happen? I don't, I don't. But time happens to us, doesn't it? But none of us will live our mortal life forever. And I clarify that by saying mortal life. We're not going to live this mortal life forever. Uh, I have it in your notes. The current mortality rate is 100%, except for two people over the... Anyway, that's another subject for another time. Unless Jesus comes back before then, we're all going to die. This is really going to be an encouraging <laughs> message tonight. So you're all going to die. <laughs> Worldwide, 56 million people die every year. 56 million. That's 153,425 people a day. 6,393 people an hour, 107 people enter eternity every minute. And so that's a lot. James 4, 14 says, why, do you, why, why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Now tell yourself, I'm a mist. <clears throat> and so our life is a mist, and then poof, we vanish. And so as scary as that may sound, you know, mist, poof, vanish, we don't cease to exist. All of us are going to live somewhere for eternity. And that being true, we ought to find out something about it, right? Uh, the words associated with eternity as it's used in the Bible are everlasting, evermore, perpetual, always, long, and more. That last word really got my attention, more. That's what I'm looking for in eternity. <laughs> Aren't you? More. Uh, I want more than what we have had here. I want more uh, love, peace, joy, contentment, happiness, life. I want more Jesus, don't you? Amen. Know him better. I, I'm looking forward to the day where we will know him as we are known. I'm really looking forward to that time. And so uh, just tell yourself there's more. there's more. So I want to encourage you, don't miss next Wednesday night. I'm going to be talking at length about heaven. So if we are going to live forever somewhere, we should probably give it more thought. 
Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. Now, I want to clarify, this doesn't mean that we're not to give any consideration about life here. That would just be dumb. Uh, there, there are plenty of verses in the Bible that talk about us uh, living this life, about our work, about taking care of, caring for others, caring for our families, even planning for the future and things like that, thinking about, you know, and so we, we live in this world, but we're not to have our primary focus just on what's around us. And this is difficult because all we have ever seen is what's around us. And so we need to give thought about our forever. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 19 says, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable to which all of us could say a big hearty amen. If this is all there is, bummer. This, but this is not all there is, thank God. And this was the thing that used, before I gave my life to Christ in my later teen years when I started going down the tubes, uh, this was the thing that really troubled me as I was looking at my life and looking at stuff that was around me, and I, and I thought, if this is all there is, then I don't know if I want to just keep on, you know? I, I uh, just, if, if this life is all there is, then it's a bummer, especially if we're not born again. Thankfully, we have the Holy Spirit with us and makes this life uh, more tolerable and better and more victorious, right? So... Because this world and this life isn't all there is, there is more. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set, listen to this, He, meaning God, has also set eternity in the hearts of men. And so this is a real revelatory statement about eternity, and that is that God has put into every person an understanding of eternity. And no matter how aggressively some may try to deny it or ignore it, it is planted by God in our hearts that we are going to live forever, somewhere. And this is why I, I, I don't believe there's any I know there are people who call themselves atheists, but there really is no one that does not believe any, that, that this is all there is. This, there isn't, I mean, they may proclaim it, they may say it, this is all there is. When we, when we cease, we just cease to exist, that's all there is. But the reality is, God has put into every single heart an understanding, the knowledge of God and eternity. And so, uh, in this message and the following two, we're going to look at some of the truths about our life after this life, our forever. Now, I want us to kind of kick this off by talking about uh, eternity as, as being hard for us really to grasp. And I don't, I don't believe we're, really we're going to fully understand 
all there is to know. We, we won't about eternity uh, while we're in this life because we are confined here by time. We are really defined by time here. And it's hard for us to understand time that doesn't end or more literally when time ceases to exist. Everything we've ever known has been wrapped up in time. Our, our birthdays, our, our uh, kids' birthdays, our uh, anniversaries and uh, graduations and things like that. All, all the important events in our lives have been stamped by time. Eternity is outside of time. It's a place of timelessness that is unending. It's everlasting, evermore, perpetual, always. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to give you guys an illustration. Some of you have heard this before. Um, but it, it was one of those things that when I first heard it as a new believer in Jesus, that it kind of just went, you know, it, it impressed me about the nature and, and kind of gave me a little bit of understanding or a grasp of how to describe eternity to our kind of finite minds, you know. So, and the illustration went like this. If there was a dove that could take a grain of sand and then fly at dove speed all the way to the moon and back. And so this dove takes one grain of sand, flies all at dove speed all the way to the moon, and then deposit that grain of sand on the moon, fly all the way back to earth, get another grain of sand, make the trip, and then again and again and again and again. And if after it had exhausted all the sand on all the beaches in the world, all the sand in all the deserts of the world, after making that trip one grain at a time, it would be like the first day of eternity. Yeah. Wow. The, and that's, that kind of, you know, gives you a, 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 a concept, at least. Of, but it's not even, it's, it's, it's a way we can understand it, but it really doesn't express it because that still involves time, even though it's lots of it. Eternity is forever. Now, in contrast, everything around us is temporary. And this is really important for us to understand. Life here and everything in this life is temporary. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 10 says, The earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Wow, that's pretty plain, isn't it? It's all going to burn. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So everything that's in this building tonight, the, the chairs, the lights, uh, the stuff on the walls, everything in this building, including our mortal bodies, are temporary. They're not going to last. When we leave tonight, you see the, what trees we have in Kingman. Uh, the cactuses, uh, the rocks. We have lots of rocks. The rock, all of it is temporary. It's not going to last. So tell yourself, 
It's not going to last. 1 Corinthians 7 and verse 31 says it won't make any difference how much good you are getting from this world or how much you like it. This world as we know it now is passing away. So everything around us is temporary. Two important things I want to just point out quickly about this temporary world. And the first is we shouldn't set our hearts on stuff here because it's not going to last. Uh, Colossians 3 verse 2, we, we mentioned it earlier, but it says, Set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. Our houses, our cars, our toys, all that, nothing is going to last. <clears throat> the things that we value here on earth are not going to be, they're, they're not going to be valued in heaven. I mean, as far as the thing things here. Uh, gold, uh, I checked this on, when I was putting this together on Monday morning, gold was going for $1,716 an ounce. An ounce. And so heaven is so rich and awesome that God uses gold to pave its streets. And can I tell you something? We're not going to be in heaven with crowbars, you know, prying up the streets and, you know, taking it home. The point is that what is so valued here is, is so common there, we walk on it. And it's going to be pure, transparent gold. So uh, the stuff that's here, it's, it's temporary. It's not going to last. There's a second thing we need to remember about this temporary world, and this is a huge encouragement for us as believers in Jesus who are going through something difficult, and that is this. It won't always be this way. Man, I get a rush when I think about that. This, this is really good. It's not always going to be this way. All of us have good things in this life that we appreciate, our, our families, our friendships, and, uh, good food and stuff like that. But there's a lot in this life that all of us experience that isn't good. And it's not always going to be this way. Second Corinthians 4, 8, 9, Paul is talking about some of this. He says, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. And then he follows us up in verses 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more and exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We have an eternal somewhere where every believer in Jesus Christ is going that is going to make this life seem like uh, all tears are going to be wiped away, uh, all pain is going to go away, all sickness, uh, death is going to be swallowed up in victory, and I'm going to talk about that more next week. So it's not, we, we need this perspective, don't we? Yeah. 
And so when you're going through something, or if, if you are, and, and a lot of us tonight, there are things pressing in on our minds that are troubling. And we need to remember it's not always going to be this way. Jesus said in John 14, verse 1 through 3, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you, save for me. Amen. Yeah. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I want to repeat again 2 Corinthians 4.18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are what? Temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. And we have an eternal somewhere. All of us are, all of us, every human being is heading for an eternal somewhere and something. And we need to get ready for it. We, ha we need to be prepared in this life for that life. Uh, because it's coming. It's coming to everybody. When Cindy and I are planning a trip somewhere, uh, we, we prepare beforehand. If we're flying to visit relatives, uh, I, I get tickets months beforehand. I reserve rooms. I uh, make a car reservation. All those kind of things I take care of. And now Cindy, several weeks before we leave, she'll lay out a suitcase in a spare room, and she'll start packing. I'm talking about several weeks ahead of time. If I'm going on an Africa trip, I'll do that kind of thing. But if it's in the States, I can get ready in about 10 minutes. But, but Cindy is more meticulous, and so she, she prepares. Now, uh, everyone that is going on a trip may not be as prepared or pre-prepared as we are, like uh, Cindy and I are, but if any of us, anybody is going somewhere, some kind of preparation is made beforehand yeah. by almost everybody. Yeah. Come on. Amen. And I was thinking this. It's pretty weird that a lot of people give more thought to a trip to Disneyland than they do eternity. And if eternity is real, and it is, then we ought to give a lot more thought to it. Like where we're going to spend it. That's, that's important to know, right? If we are going to live forever, we ought to find out what, what it's going to be like. You know, and the Bible gives us some insight. It doesn't tell everything, but it does give us some inkling of what it's going to be like, eternity. The Bible tells us there's only two places where everyone will spend their eternity, heaven or hell. Now, for the last part of this class, I'm going to talk about hell, and then next week, I'm going to use the whole class, we're going to talk about heaven. Some of you are saying, let's just skip to next, <laughs> but it's important to understand about that hell is real, and, and none of us want to go there. There was a survey commissioned by U.S. News and World Report that revealed that 64% of Americans believe there is a hell. Yeah. 
which was kind of surprising. What might be even more surprising is that the poll indicated there are more Americans who believe in hell today than they did in the 1950s or even 10 years ago. That's kind of hard to believe, but that's what the report said. So there you go. There are several uh, misconceived viewpoints about hell. First of all, some people think that are, or first of all, there's denial. Some people just deny any existence in hell. They just, you know, and, and some people will think that it's just something that preachers have made up to scare people into living right or something like that. Or there are some who will make the statement, and some, some here may have even thought this or even spoken it at times past. You know, I just can't believe that a loving God would send anyone to hell. And that is, there's a half-truth in that, in that a loving God really doesn't send people to hell. We send ourselves there if we refuse to accept Christ as our Savior. So some people just, it's denial. I just can't believe that there, that there is a hell. Number two, some people believe that hell speaks of, of earthly suffering. And this is the belief that hell is only the bad things that we go through on earth. Now, all of us here have probably been through some days or weeks or maybe even months that seemed to us at the time like, and we may have even said something like, uh, it was like hell on earth. But listen, it's not even close to what hell is like. The very worst day that any of us have ever experienced is no comparison to what the reality of hell is. Three, there's a belief that hell is annihilation, that, that those who are unbelievers, or I put in the notes bad people, I, I don't like that term really, just bad people. But some people think it's just bad people go to hell, you know. But that what they'll do, what'll happen is it's just annihilation. They'll just be uh, burned up and cease to exist. Now, we need to form our beliefs about hell from the truth of God's Word. If we're going to, to believe about hell, we ought to believe what God says about it, right? Amen. So, the Bible plainly says that hell is a very real place of eternal suffering. Jesus obviously thought it was important to teach about hell because he mentioned it more than twice as much as he did heaven. That's surprising, huh? Jesus talked about hell 56 times in the gospel and heaven 24 times. He said, Jesus said, it is a place of torment. Jesus told the story of the rich man who went to hell, and in the story four times, he says he was tormented. One of those I quote here in Luke 16, 23, in hell where he was in torment. Matthew 13, 41 and 42, this is Jesus speaking, the Son of Man will send his angels, and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace 
where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In Mark chapter 9, Jesus says three times that hell is a place where the fire is not quenched. So, hell is eternal. Once you're there, you're there forever. There's no pardon. There's no parole. There's no purgatory. Nowhere in the Bible does it support the idea of purgatory, just a temporary place of suffering until somebody prays us out or we get time off for good behavior or whatever. In Matthew 25, 46, Jesus called it everlasting punishment. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 2 calls hell eternal judgment. I think probably the worst part of hell may be its finality. So, why talk about hell? Uh, I believe it's an important subject. If it's real, then people ought to know about it. We ought to know about it, right? People ought to know about it. I don't necessarily believe that preaching about hell a whole lot is the key for reaching most people. Listen carefully. Uh, Romans 2 verse 4 says, it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. And so I believe, and this this is me, I personally believe that we will reach people, more people, by presenting the goodness and the love of God than just by preaching on hell. But that being said, it still is important for us to know that hell is real. Now, it's not pleasant, and it's not a pleasant thing to talk about. People usually get pretty quiet, kind of like here. <laughs> but hell is real. That's wh- and there's a, it's, it's a sobering thought, and that's why it gets quiet. It's real, and people need to know. The only time that we have to get ready for eternity is now, this life. No one has to go to hell, but Jesus said clearly there would be those who would. In Matthew 7, verse 13, he said, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. We won't escape hell by being an American. You know, there are some people that just think, well, of course I'm going to heaven. I'm an American, aren't I? But being an American won't get us into heaven, right? Uh, We don't even escape hell by going to church, even by going to New Life Church. Going to church doesn't ensure that we don't go to hell. The only way we can know we're going to escape hell is by giving our lives to Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby or by which we must be saved. In John 3, 17 and 18, this follows John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And he goes on and continues by saying in verse 17, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. This is the heart of God. 
The heart of God is that people would be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So, it is important to talk about hell, uh, for one, so that we can miss it. And this, our decision for Jesus Christ is the most important decision of our lives. And it's the most urgent. You know, mankind, people, we don't choose whether we're going to enter eternity. All of us are entering eternity. We're all going to live forever somewhere. We are the ones who choose where we're spending. And so, that's why we need to get saved, right? Uh, We can only make the choice about where we're going to spend eternity in this life. Once we pass through this life, our eternity is fixed. That's why the Bible uses terms like eternal life or eternal damnation, Matthew chapter 15. If there's anyone that's here, or if maybe you're listening online and you haven't made a decision for Christ yet, this is the time. When we come to an understanding of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross for our sins, that is the time. The Bible says now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. None of us know uh, how long we have. There are those of us that may not be here on the weekend. I got a call today uh, from uh, someone in our church and a family member had just passed away. You know, we constantly are seeing people, and it's, uh, death comes uh, to the young and old alike. And so we don't know how much time we have. Isn't that right? And so the time to prepare for eternity is now. Not just sometime, but now, because we don't know how much time we've got. It's not only the most important, but the most urgent decision we will ever make. So, once we have made that decision, and I'm going to give a closing statement here, and then we're going to pray. But once we have made the decision for Jesus Christ, we can be confident of our forever home. We don't need to fear death. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 8 says, and this is Paul speaking, he writes in the Word of God, we are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Meaning, once we pass from this life, we pass into the very presence of Jesus Christ. I look forward to that day. And uh, if uh, uh, Roger was saying before the class tonight, maybe it'll be tonight. Maybe it will. But if it's not, we can be ready. And, and let's just bow our heads tonight. I'm going to go ahead and close this. I do want to say uh, next Wednesday we're going to talk uh, specifically about heaven and our reward as believers. It's going to uh, encourage us. And so... 
let's just take a moment and, and bow our heads. And if you're listening online, if you've never given your life to Christ, I know that uh, a lot of people, probably most people, maybe everyone here has uh, given your life to Christ. But I don't want to close this out without giving an opportunity. So his heads are bowed, no one looking around just for a moment. If you've not given your life to Christ and you'd like to tonight, would you just slip your hand up and just say, would you remember me in prayer uh, for forgiveness? Okay? Uh, if you're listening online, we're going, I'm going to uh, say a prayer. And go ahead and just let's just repeat this out together uh, and reaffirm our uh confidence and assurance of our forgiveness and salvation. If you just pray this out with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me and dying on the cross for my sins. Because you died and rose again, you have forgiven my sin because I've asked you to. Thank you for that for preparing me for my forever and eternity with you. Thank you for the promise, the hope, and the reality of heaven, my future home. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give the Lord a clap and just thank him? Thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you for the reality. Praise God. So next week, I'm going to talk about heaven, and uh, it's going to be biblical, but it may, uh, may even have a few surprises. There may, be, there may be some things in this next class that you'll think, wow, I just never thought of that before. So don't forget, next Wednesday night. God bless you. Good night. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.